this place shall become your grave! Somewhere between science and superstition, there is another world. <laughs> there is a creature alive today. stairs back though oh you know what Candyman. Candyman's oh, the same yeah. way perfect yeah i was gonna the say pee pee poo poo um, man the pee pee poo poo man of course the the part in uh halloween uh ends where the sewer man comes out uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah they do a little That's bit of scary. Sewer man. so they kind of you know well, it's, the moral was that there was a sewer man <laughs> it was in fact the moral to that movie <laughs> that there was a sewer man because like they have a whole conflict, and then the sewer man comes out, and they, they have to have a stab fight. <laughs> Do you think someone's going to ding us for spoiling uh, Halloween Ends by saying a we sewer can just, man? We can just pivot that. and make this the Halloween Ends. So. <laughs> Let's not. I want to talk about the empty man instead. <laughs> Let's not and say we didn't. That's good. Hello and welcome, listeners, to another, please don't listen to this, your soul depends on it, Hello Scream Monster Terror Soda of Fright. No survivors! This terror sode, we will be talking about The Empty Man, which was a 2020 horror film directed by David Pryor that kind of got lost in the shuffle, I, that I completely brushed off when I first heard of it. But I have some mysterious legend details that helped me discover the guests on this show oh. on the first night i hear him <laughs> that's that's cam oh <laughs> he sounds just you like that hear me it's not like voluntary like we're uh, we're the bloody mary thing where they have to say it yeah the empty man just kind of decides he's there now i'm the cam. second night the empty cam you see him it's alex Oh, unfortunately, you also have to hear me. <laughs> yeah, you, it's not—it's not mutually exclusive. You get the double package. And on the third night, he finds you. Wait, that's me, Nick. Uh oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound good. He find you. But uh, yeah, that's the tagline for this movie. The first night you hear him, the second night you see him, the third night he finds you. Uh, and the the movie is called The Empty Man. And the poster is very. The poster tells you nothing. It's it's like a uh, just scratchy, it's very empty, scratchy white text uh, with a with a silhouette uh, over a black background. And this movie looks like, from a marketing standpoint, this movie looks like it sucks so bad. This movie yeah. <laughs> looks like the boy. It looks like the bye bye man. It looks like Insidious Seven or whatever. It does not look good. It looks like somebody, an executive's like daughter said daddy can i be slender man for halloween and he's like guys you're making a movie about this you're making a movie about my daughter wanting to be slender man for halloween 
And then, uh, I don't know, somewhere along the line, script writing, directing, somewhere, somebody got a little nutty with it and was like, well, do we have any other scripts lying around I can put in here? And like, we just made this good. <laughs> what, what if we put three <laughs> scripts in here and we like, it just like made it good somehow. And I, I was, I, I had, would never have watched this on my own. I needed to be told in a review that it was good. And the review specifically was from, um, uh, someone I follow who's on a couple of podcasts I like, uh. Uh, God, I don't know her actual name, Uh-oh. which is really bad. It's Hesse. It's like Hesse, but like she like has a bunch of silly things. She's at Zero Suit Camu on a uh, on a uh, Twitter, but she's got mm. like um this this review. She had this review of the Empty Man. She's like, wow, this movie looks like it sucks, but it's incredibly good. And she was talking about it because it was being removed from. HBO Max, the only place that it was. Uh, so, like, it was not on any other streaming services. It never got a physical release because this movie was filmed and, you know, or rather this movie was released during 2020. So it didn't have a ton of, um, like, buzz around it to go see it in a theater because, you know, we were uh, uh, maximum pandemic at the time. Yeah, I think and, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think I probably remember seeing trailers for this. I was wondering where I had seen the trailer for this. I must have been at a movie theater about to catch COVID, mm. right, right in <laughs> early 2020 before I knew that yeah, was, this was yeah, back not when, something you should do. This was back when they weren't making movies. Yeah, when this movie came out. Yeah, yeah. they were like they, everyone kept trying to delay their movies so that like because they're like trying to outlast COVID, and then when they eventually realized, oh, we're not going to be able to do that. Uh, shit, we should come up with another idea. You mean they didn't? Um, no, but uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> the moral was there's a sewer man. So <laughs> the moral was there's a sewer man. Um, but this movie, uh, after I did watch it a little earlier in the month of October, I was like totally blown away by the surprise quality here, which has been a little bit of a theme for me this month. I keep watching movies that I ignored in a big list of horror movies and then finding out that I think that they are really cool. Um, and this one is very much a don't judge the book by its cover kind of thing, because even from the start, it gives you what could have been its own little horror movie or anthology horror story. The first, you like could say that the beginning of this movie uh, is something completely different and may not have any bearing on where the movie goes. It does. <laughs> it, it comes back. I mm. thought you were gonna say it was. I thought you were gonna do a bit on how it's the real cold open. If you, you know, I oh, was. I well, actually double, did have it written down meaning. that that was the, the case. Wow. Yeah, because it's in Antarctica. Or, where are they? No, not in. They're yeah. They're, it's Nepal. I it's would in, assume. It's in Nepal. Yes, yeah, Nepal. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. In the mountains. So, so yeah. So the movie cold opens with uh, these hikers, uh, these backpackers. Oh, it's in and, Bhutan. Um, Bhutan. Oh, okay, sure. I don't know one how different them, that is. <laughs> they cross this rope bridge, and then one of them is hearing something, and he falls in a hole. Um, they go down to get him to bring him up, and he's just like kind of sitting in front of a statue, which is a pretty neat design statue. It's like, uh, or it's yeah, skeleton. I thought it was like a real. I thought it was a real corpse. Definitely, yeah, it definitely is a real corpse. It it's a real to. guy. Yeah, it's like a yeah. mummified corpse. With like multiple arms in the the Bodhisattva like Buddhist pose. Oh, so we're just saying this guy is is real. I mean, 
it seems pretty unambiguous to me. <laughs> um, I thought it was if, a shrine by, of sorts, but yeah, it definitely could be a shrine. Should, uh, I think the shrine might be built around this guy's corpse. I think oh. we should get in front of this. Uh, if you're interested in this movie and you have not seen it, mm. uh, we are going to talk about the entirety of this movie. Yeah, I don't know oh, how yeah. you would see it, but you should go watch no. it. <laughs> I don't have a recommendation for how to watch this. If you would but, like to see this movie, watch it on HBO back HBO Max last month. <laughs> yeah, that's a good advice. That's good advice. Watch this on you HBO Max it. last month, or but don't go to a theater in 2020 and see it. I don't recommend that. No, no. you will catch it. the Andromeda strain if you do that. Um, <laughs> But apparently but, uh, this was based on a Boom Studios graphic novel, which is crazy. Yeah, that, yes. that was so weird to see in the credits. That, yeah, <laughs> crazy Marvel ripoff uh, title. <laughs> yeah, the Boom Studio it's logo wild. looks so... It's Spider-Man, so Iron Man, pages. Empty Man. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be in the MCU next. He could the be. MTU. <laughs> Black Adam got to him first. <laughs> oh, no. The MTU... <laughs> That's good. Uh, yeah. I, so, how would you spell that? <laughs> <laughs> empty, like empty university. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I like it. It's so confusing. <laughs> Luckily, it'll never have to be brought up because right. I don't think they're making any more of these. No, no, I don't. I, it, that's actually another thing that I really like about it. Even the the most like in the most the the horror films with some of the most integrity have still left themselves open to some kind of sequel lately. Like, yeah, uh, I think of a lot of the James Wan ones that were like started and it's like, oh, these are based on a real guy who's a real exorcist who went on a real exorcism. It's like, yeah, but why does it have a fucking sequel hook? Like, why? What's, what's going <laughs> His on? His life there? had a sequel hook. There was more. He kept <laughs> yeah. living. Where it's like the, the, the couple that were exorcists who were um, like in the the sinister movies or the insidious movies, The Conjuring. I think it was The Conjuring. So yeah, the Conjuring. Uh, it's like, oh, they have like him. they have like the fucking... Either the JLA trophy room or the 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 room at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, where it's like, yeah, we have an attic that we keep relics from our old cases in, and it's like every one of them is a spinoff movie, like Annabelle is from there and shit. It's like, goddamn, yeah. do you did you really need to do to do that? They really called their shot with that one, but they we gotta get back to this this yes, movie. Yes, yes, we do. So we start in Bhutan. There's a little hiking adventure. Um, uh, guy falls in a hole, sees a mummified corpse or statue some kind of shrine with the uh, bodhisattva pose i i hope i'm pronouncing that right um and uh yeah. then gets like pulled up by his friends and he's like almost catatonic and he's tra- he was trying to tell his friend like you can't touch me you can't yeah, you can't touch, yeah, don't me. touch me yeah and it's like it's very eerie there's there's like a whistling noise that's going on there's you can definitely tell there's something going on in there and they're able to haul him out, but the blizzard is getting too bad. They need to take shelter in a nearby cabin. And this is, you know, classic horror movie setup. Bad weather, yeah, creepy location. At this, point, at this point, I had assumed, like, oh, okay, this is maybe a bit of a supernatural bent. This kind of like, um, I think we watched it two years ago, The Ritual. Yes. Where mm-hmm. these, yes. A, bunch of, a bunch of blokes are out on an adventure, something bad happens, and then they all die. <laughs> Extremely reminiscent of that, mm-hmm. the opening, yeah. anyway. It's a great, yeah, it's a great opening, great setup. Classic setup, really. And then, uh, like, moving from there, like, these uh, people, like, strange things start to happen in the cabin, but including a guy who hasn't moved in 20 hours, just, like, getting (laughs) up out of the blue and charging into a blizzard. 
and then, you know, these these hikers, almost all of them end up dead. And then we yeah. immediately cut to like a fucking 2010s video game protagonist, like nothing guy who I honestly kind of love how pathetic and sad they made him. Like, I really liked this guy. Yeah, I, think, I like I, I like him a lot. I, I think he's really of good. I him as uh, Discount Tom Hardy, but like yeah. I liked him in this movie. I the character's character, name is James Lasombra, but the actor is James Badge Dale. <laughs> what a last name. Is that hyphen? Dale. No, it's... Uh, He's got just two last names yeah. hanging out? Yeah, it's a hyphenated, so it must be married. Wow. Oh, wow. All right. That makes sense then, I guess. Badge, Badge. married Dale. Yeah. Wow. The wedding of Badge. Would have killed to have been at that wedding. Yeah, he's an American actor who starred in the AMC drama series Rubicon. Uh, sure. <laughs> he's most famous for. Uh, he was an important character on Twenty Four in season three. Not that I know that. He's in The Departed. He's in Iron Man three. He's in a. He's in a lot of things. But he's, so he's been around. Yeah. Wow. This is the it's first good, movie I can think of where he's like a lead. Uh, movie anyway. He wasn't the lead in Iron Man three. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't swap him out. Swap him in. He was the guy. He was the guy with the whip. It would have been the time. Give him the chance. Um, but uh, Wait, that's Iron Man too. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> so they, no, they there's cut another to this guy, guy with whips. He's in the back using his <laughs> birthday, see. using like a a clearly aged birthday coupon at a Mexican restaurant, right? Yeah. After, that was after, that's after, a fun touch. After leaving his security store job. Where he he was has like four about... Coronas, a margarita, and or no, a, a tequila shot, and then he uses his little cute little birthday coupon for one free meal. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. I thought that's just like a funny definition of a meal. It's like, yeah, I had four yeah. Coronas, enchiladas, a margarita. <laughs> Dinner of shot. champions. <laughs> yeah. Alone, of course, right? Like, yeah. uh, And, you know, there's an unspecified like kind of darkness in his past that they get into. Uh, over the course of the movie, but this movie has like, like four really distinct acts, and like it gets into that it gets into along the way because that I want to say the first one is that little opening in Bhutan, and then yeah. you have yeah. uh, James Lasombra investigating the disappearance of his friend's daughter. Yeah, and. Uh, once he finds out that his friend's daughter isn't dead, he finds out that she's in a cult, so it becomes like a cult yeah. investigation movie. Yeah. yeah. And then in the last section, it turns into John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so I uh, think... Do you read Sutter Kane? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe it wasn't what you were um, trying to convey, but when you described this movie, or I saw your Letterboxd review, or you yeah. told us to watch it or something, Yeah. Um, what I kind of gathered was that it's like four... I don't like using this term, but like creepy pastas put together in one movie, <laughs> like four internet ghost stories or tales of like almost yeah. Candyman it it and... gives it it does give you or a not little four, bit of that but vibe. like several different mm-hmm. plots or whatever or things yeah. taken from yeah. It's rummaging around in other like behind the dumpster of other horror movies to like pick out stuff yeah, that they yeah, threw yeah. out. And they're That's like, this is still said. good. Yeah, what yeah. are you doing? This is still it's like good. this? It's, it's like Halloween two six. Different... Wait, you didn't even finish this plot. <laughs> <laughs> they threw Come two on. different seasons of Candle Cove together. <laughs> they barely touched this. Look at this. It's still good. 
but I think it is still good. It's funny because you know this is a complaint that is rightfully levied against a lot of movies that it has that they have multiple plots and they don't know what to stick to. But this one has like absolutely a through line. It's like invest. It's like escalation through this thing, like the, following James Lathambra Lathambra from from the detective movie where kids are are getting killed by a creepy pasta into the cult and then into the uh, you know, the metafiction, metaphysics, H.P. Lovecraft shit at the end. Like, you're following him all the way through, and then the stuff from the very beginning comes back right at the end, which I think is really yeah. cool. If, if, yeah. uh, I was really satisfied with how it all came together in the end. Yeah. If, if I understood what I think I understood. I think, yeah, I think <laughs> which I'm not so I, clear I think, all right, on, so, but... so, um, you should go find a way to watch this movie. Um, now that we've given you kind of a basic framework of it, uh, uh, but we're going to spoil it definitely because there's no way to talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah. 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 I think that makes it more fun is what you find out at the end and how it all Absolutely. comes together. So, so uh, how about that Topa? Yeah. So he's, he's <laughs> not. Oh, yeah. You came into this with a little more knowledge than I did. Well, as soon as as soon as I knew, saw that Tulpas were in play, I'm like, "Oh, fucking no." <laughs> and so I had my I had my Tulpa meter up the whole time. Yeah. I'm like, "What's all right, what is being contrary to reality based on people's beliefs?" Mm-hmm. And um it turns out our main character is, which yeah. is a fun reveal. I love that. Um, I love the idea that this guy cuz when I the I wasn't annoyed about it. It didn't like, I wasn't like, oh, this is so cliche. But when I first, when we were first introduced to this guy, I'm like, this backstory isn't that bad for a movie, but it is like picture perfect for a video game where it's like they have to have like a guy who could conceivably be an action guy, but he has like a tragedy in his past. And he's also like Leon Kennedy ass. Yeah, yeah. uh, James Sunderland shit. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Work at a pawn store or something. He works at a security store, but he's an ex cop. Yeah, it's like a locksmith. So he has like access to all this stuff like right off the bat. Yeah, like like flashlights and tasers and guns. Like uh debt and Frank West from Dead Rising. It's like you who would have access to a bunch of cool video game weapons? Oh, a pawn yeah. shop guy, or oh, he works at a gun yeah. store or something. Right. But yeah, I thought that was really funny. Is like, oh, that's this is a cool setup because it kind of makes sense. In the, mm-hmm. Who would be? And like, kind who of would the, this guy be the perfect tragedy in his past where he's not really complicit. It's something for him to be sad about and feel guilty over, but it's not something he necessarily did. He did not. He did not actually murder his wife and son. He felt guilty for their deaths because he wasn't there. And he was, you know, he was fucking his friend at the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, like, but, like, you know, it's, like, kind of the way that tragedy lines up, the his, like, kind of sad backstory, but he has enough of a backstory that his skills would be important to lead him down the path to this, into this cult stuff, into this other stuff, and just kind of string him along all the way to the end. And then at the end, they're like, yeah, we made you to do exactly this. We, you are, you did not exist before a week ago. Everything is made up. Yeah, and I yeah, loved that. I thought that was so fun. Uh, and they kind of, they, they kind of uh, mention this briefly, but it is an interesting idea that they uh, tried it once previous and had failed because the backstory they created was not tragic enough. Yeah. Which <laughs> seems yeah. stupid, but is fun. Uh, because they, they it, it seems when you reflect on it, it seems like his whole deal is so written. Yes, it feels like yeah, 
It's like, oh, this is a cliche thing, but I'm down for it because it's a movie. And then you're like, oh, no, this is a cliche thing in the context of the movie. Yeah. Did they say they're, they're, the they're, they're like, they're like, doesn't your life seem a little cliche to you? And he's like, uh, <laughs> my life. I'm, what did you say about my life? <laughs> Actually, you know what? He's got a Max Payne backstory. I'm going to correct that. <laughs> he does have a Max Payne backstory. <laughs> uh, but that's kind of what makes this movie's like end game stuff. So fit so well is to like, to to have like the villains say like no we all we wanted all of this stuff to happen because we want you to be this guy like and they point to a guy who's catatonic in, in the yeah. in the hospital bed and so, like, yeah get in there <laughs> get in there buddy <laughs> hop in they're like he's not he's not gonna last much longer so we need a we need a new one and we figured we'd make one ourselves because the idea one of the ideas was uh, that the cult has is they're like well the vessel um. Well, I'm, I'm, I might be getting my stuff mixed up, but they say that the empty man is the vessel, right? And they don't ever name the, the outside yeah. gods. So, yeah, it definitely, like, like Nick was saying, there's definitely some, like, Lovecraft-adjacent, otherworldly entity situation yes. going on. Where that is uh, the way that they're able to receive signals from that outer god or yes, whatever. from the beyond. Is through, yeah, is through a vessel. They say that, I, they repeat it a couple times in the movie, but... Uh, the person transmits and they receive, uh, yeah, which is yes. really good and vague and evocative. And uh, that but they is need someone to keep who the empty man getting, is. Yeah, they need someone to keep receiving the signals from. They need a person to just exist as a radio transmitter mm-hmm. <laughs> for them. Really, really great stuff with that. I, yeah, I, I, uh... I. It reflects really nicely on the name of the movie mm-hmm. because, like. They really, really want you to believe that there is the ghost of Christmas future coming and killing people. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what it is at all. <laughs> yeah. They want you to be like, because, you know, there's that part at the, in the middle of the movie where uh, James LaSombra is in an empty dark house and he hasn't taken his meds and there's creepy stuff happening. And he's got like a gun next to the dr- dresser drawer. And it's like in yeah. in another kind of movie, that's where the supernatural encounter would happen, and he would like have to find a way to escape, or maybe he would just die, you know. Like, but the fa- it's not the fact that it's not actually just like just the ghost of Christmas future coming to to kill you because he you said the bye bye man three times in the mirror um, <laughs> is like is part of what makes it good. It's like that's just a, like a, a function of the receiving. So yeah, my takeaway from all of that was that. Or th- this is like a mid-movie theory that I've kind of rolled into my headcanon mm-hmm. for this. Um, I figured that uh, since Tulpa stuff is at play, mm-hmm. and uh, in the movie they establish that that is the thing that they can do, mm-hmm. uh, I figured that them spreading, them making the cult people focus on this and the rumors that filtered out into the rest of the world we're conjuring a different kind of empty man, the one that is actually like the Bloody Mary stories. Ooh, yeah, that's totally so I, I what figured, I got. Is... I figured that that part at the beginning of the movie could actually be a thing because of the rumors that have been, you know, kind of yeah. a byproduct of what the cult yeah, is doing. Yeah, I think that, no, I think that um, the thing, I think that that stuff is all uh, works perfectly within the framework of the movie. I think that that fits right yeah. in if you want yeah, to it's... think about it that way. So um, in the a way, way there I... actually are two empty men like there's yes the, the what they actually mean is the empty man is people's idea of the boogeyman uh-huh. and the way that the cult will practically use a person as an antenna right yeah, i like that 
So, um, yeah, the, the, the empty man being the guy from the opening who fell into the hole and was rescued. Sure. Uh, yeah. Is like, is really cool. And I like the idea that, well, the reason that he's not going to last forever is because he had a life before he found this, this, you know, whistling hole in, in the mountains in Bhutan. So he's always got a connection to our world. He had like a real life and a real past, and like, yeah, he's, I like that. Yeah, so I I think that I, it's it gets weird when we're talking about people who are conjured up out of whole cloth. That's but so. Cool. I, I'm curious if that is a if that is their like permanent solution, or if they would just do that until it stopped working and mm-hmm. then make up another person. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I'm curious I how think that was it. I wonder if James Lasombra would last forever. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. So, um. um one one more thing about the guy in the hospital bed. I really, really when when I was watching this, I was convinced that based on the way that the filmmaking framed it, that the guy uh, when they did the flash forward, they skipped forward like twenty four years or something. Yeah, um, I was like, oh, this is the guy that was possessed, uh, <laughs> our main character. And then I, as we got through it, I'm like, they're really not addressing this at all. Huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, and then I they don't show think the that's guy. him. And you're like, no, that makes sense. That it's would him. be him. <laughs> he is a different like, bearded white guy. would have acknowledged it at all. I definitely was like, this is a guy. He has a beard. He's the same guy. So, <laughs> Alex, also, while you're talking. Right after seeing, uh, sorry, right after seeing Halloween ends, like when. I thought it was going to be a similar type of thing of like, oh, he committed a crime and got off a lot a long time ago, and that's why he was so down on his luck. Is because everyone still blames Hated him, him for that. But that's probably just because I I had the boss baby vibes thing of like guy who just it was watched the last Halloween thing you ends. saw. So it's like I'm getting a lot yeah. of Halloween ends from this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, different guy. <laughs> so Cam, I wanted to know what was what were your like thoughts on this movie? Could you give me like a little review what you were thinking? Yeah, um, uh, I I saw the trailer, thought it sucked. You said it was good. I watched the trailer again. I was like, no, can't be. <laughs> so, um, then um, he must I be think wrong. You, I think uh, you the bell tolled a third time, and you were like, it's good actually. And then we were like, okay, we'll watch it. And um, I just I also had the mistake of thinking that the girl with the androgynous haircut in the beginning yeah i thought that was the actor who portrays will on stranger things because they have the same bowl cut but it's just looped wow. around coming back into style that's weird because so, uh, <laughs> it's meant to be not stylish in stranger things and now it's good in this movie but uh so I was like, oh, fuck it. They got the Stranger Things kid. They're doing a, a horror movie called The Bye-Bye Man. Uh, no, thank you. I'm out. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I really like that opening. Um, it's just really good. I like seeing the snowy area. I like seeing all their backpacks and um, the, like, dilemma of our friend is injured and we're stuck here. And someone's yeah. always like a <laughs> it's big good. dog in it, like, I'll go, I'll find us help. And then someone's like, yeah, So you're that leaving us to die. That could have been a whole other like, movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's, it, it's, a, it's a really good premise, and it works in a couple other horror movies very well. It's a conundrum. <laughs> it, I mean, like, even yeah. what I thought was going to happen is the guy was going to come home, or that someone lived there, 
mm-hmm. or something. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah and that's course. not even addressed, really. I mean, unless that's it's the like, guy who was in like, the wait, cave. Wait, but the empty man lives in that cabin. It's like, no, he doesn't, yeah. you idiot. Like, it's, they already got that wait, part down. the only one who lives there, the address is listed as a M.T. <laughs> man. Wow. Is Marshall Thomas Man. <laughs> wow. But uh, uh, anyway, you know, that was good. My favorite part of the movie, though, is uh, happens in that cold open where, you know, the whole thing we were dunking on of the first night you hear him mm-hmm. thing, which I think I've seen in another horror movie, but they, they cut to um, the nighttime and everyone's asleep. This is super reminiscent of Hereditary to me. And mm-hmm. smash cut to the guy laying flat on the floor and someone perpendicular above him whispering oh, into yeah. his ear or no I, i'm sorry so, the other way around the the guy yeah. who's catatonic whispering into um is the girl the mm-hmm. the, the girlfriend is uh, his girlfriend is the first one that he gets uh anyway imagine with, uh, whatever that is imagine you <laughs> laying in your bed on your side and someone is parallel directly over you whispering straight down into your ear and it's really like good inintelligible and it's so fast-paced and gibberish uh, gibberish oh my god and then it just cuts to a new scene and that is so ominous and i feel like i've seen it in another piece of hard work but it doesn't matter it's so good i love the idea of it's effective not killing your the people your victims but making other people do it like brainwashing them into thinking that they need to spreading the spreading the bye-bye man disease yeah Yeah, it was uh very very cool I, i really and they repeat it once more later in the movie i think I think they repeat it a couple times. Do they? I thought they only the did whole, twice. The the whole poster thing. Mm-hmm. I think it might be well, just three the times. Whispering, yeah. but whispering. Yeah. Oh, the whispering. Thing. Yeah. 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 Like that. Is it in the sauna? Or no, I no? think it's. It doesn't matter. But like, well, okay. So yeah. So they, they, when they're talking about the teenagers, into someone's they, ear. Yeah. That's what I like. Yeah, it's a really good image. Um, and then they do the, like, then you see him thing where it's like the, the girlfriend sees him banging on the door uh, or like, like approaching her in the, in the blizzard and then banging on the door. And then they like let, she goes to let her friends in and they're just like, they're like, no, we were trying to get in, but like you, you wouldn't let us in. And she's like, well, who else was out there? And they're like, nobody. And nobody. Except for this empty man. Uh, it's for the they do. I was really, really happy with while this is uh, in the conversation. I was happy with how they paid that off. I was really um, in that first scene where she sees him in the blizzard. Mm-hmm. Uh, the empty man like does this thing where he only walked up when she moved her feet. Like she would walk and then he would move up a little bit. Um, and then they they pay that off way later in the movie with all the cultists, where our main character is taking a step back, and every time he does, all oh, of the cultists yeah, advance they're all one in step. the distance. Yeah. Oh, that's so it's good. Pretty. It's cool. a it's a really good horror trope. Well, hey, look. At that point, you, yeah. He at that point he doesn't know that they really know he like they. It's like ambiguous whether or not they notice him. So it's like, oh, they know it. <laughs> they know he's there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like. Cool. But, and if you think about it in the realm of uh, the bad guys in this movie are all about receiving signals, they're not going to act with no input. Wow. Yeah. Man. So, then, yeah, good thought. Yeah. I like that. So, But uh, go ahead, Cam. I think you're still giving some thoughts. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, once I locked in that, once they connected the loop of, like, what I thought anyway, of, like, say, mm-hmm. the Tulpa stuff, of, like, if you mm-hmm. think about something enough, 
it becomes true mm-hmm. if that's the right I, well who cares in my reading that reading of the movie where like a rumor has become true as a as a side effect of what they were actually doing mm-hmm. and having these two bad things happening in the story that are that don't have the same goal but have the same like creation mm-hmm. and it's just like m- movies can be dinged a lot for coincidence but i like that coincidence in the movie like that's just mm-hmm. a, a byproduct of it but uh yeah him being the vessel um i thought was that was pretty neat it i kept thinking of one of the stories we might have gone over in the stephen king night shift book uh I think the title is I Am the Doorway. Yeah, yeah. The, the one where people just... are like growing eyes on their arms and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's one of the coolest titles of all time. Mm-hmm. Like, it's kind of <laughs> like the Gozer, like, gatekeeper, yeah, key, master. Block, key master thing. Gozer it's the like, Gazarian. You are the entry point for, like, You a are horrible... a tool. Yeah. You don't, you don't <laughs> have a job. Like... You are a thing to this other being. Like you're the portal, or whatever. that's just so yeah. cool to me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. It took me a second to catch up to what was going on, but uh, yeah, definitely. I thought the kills were good. I thought the spookiness definitely reminded me of like a hereditary plus the the ritual kind of thing. That's was mostly what the vibe I was getting off of it. But uh, yeah, not too many like cheap jump scares or anything i like the whole they were consistent with their rules with like you have to cross a bridge Mm -hmm. it has to be nighttime (laughs) and then you have to blow in a bottle and then you hear him and then you it's there's so many rules in this movie but that's what i mean that's what would make a teenager want to do it right like there's all these steps it totally works because you you can just hear the tiktok robot lady voice summoning the empty man Oh, that's Blow what I over the bottle. Up. When you kept saying, "Oh, it's that Tulpa shit," I thought you were talking about like the people who. It's not called astral projecting. It's called like dream hopping or something. Dream walking. You, like, no, I don't know if it's dream walking. It's like where you like live a second life just by thinking about it as like a oh, Hogwarts yeah. student. It's it's just some you know. I know like, what you're talking about, but I don't remember the name. Twelve year olds yeah. on Tumblr stuff. No, it, it, what is like, another weird internet thing? Like, yeah. like uh, Tulpa people are also the weirdest people you'll ever see online, but yeah. uh, in a different way. <laughs> yeah, and I think that it, you know, not dissimilar, like you said, but uh, yeah, yes. it was good. I, it, you're right that it's a little long, and, and because it has four things, it's trying to string together, but mm-hmm. they executed all pretty well. I had a great time. Yeah, every time they like, I, it was especially for me like. Maybe not even towards the middle when they were like starting to wrap up the phase where he's investigating these kids being killed. I'm like, there's still half a movie left. This seems like the plot of the movie. Well, they had to get through <laughs> two more movies after that. So yeah. you gotta, I like the yeah. cold open is like 45 minutes long too. They really it's not took their sweet long. time with it. It it was it was long. It was uh, surprisingly yeah. indulgent. It's like which opening I liked, 15 but... or something. It was a confident choice. 15, 20, I think. something like that. But like, yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that you were able to get past the trailer twice to, to watch this movie. Can. <laughs> Don't judge a movie by its trailer twice. It's yeah. <laughs> and also there was a sewer man. Don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't falsely think the Stranger Things kid is in it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Alex, what did you think of the empty man? 
Uh, this was good. Um, I definitely was like, I, I definitely had my hackles up. I was like, oh, this is dumb YouTube movie. What is it about uh, every is... time I recommend something to you guys? <laughs> well, you have I, weird recommendations. This is this is a weird one. I, even I, I, we all had fun. I with fully this. This admit is that this one. is a weird one. Uh, I, I will take I will take uh, take the and heat on. You can that. always tell. This is in no offense to you, but you can always tell because I recommend things the same way. It's like you heard about it on a podcast or through a tweet. Because it's yeah, never yeah, something I, that you would actively seek out that you do that you end up recommending mm-hmm. usually. There are people that I follow on like Twitter who it's it's specifically like, oh hey, if they're talking about a movie, I'm probably gonna like it. And then yeah. usually <laughs> when it's like. Oh yeah, this movie is so underrated. I'm like, well, I haven't even heard of that. What the hell is it? And it's like, wait, this is a mass marketed movie from a huge studio that came out in 2020 and it has been it's on streaming services pandemic. ever since. <laughs> and I don't, e- I don't know shit about this. I haven't, like, I don't even remember the name, probably because it completely glossed, glazed yeah. over it in my yeah. mind. I think it is a good title with the context of the movie around it, right. but. Uh, with, before you had seen or heard of this, if, The Empty Man sounds like nothing. If yeah. The Bye Bye Man did not come out, I think The Bye Bye Man did yeah. irreparable damage to this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. They finally said it. Like The, the next step was only the pee-pee-poo-poo man. That was the only, <laughs> yeah. only thing that could be worse. The Bye but Bye yeah, Man no, I, is, I, is terrible. Title. I definitely was expecting that kind of thing. Um, the, the cold open is a good, really good sell for taking this movie seriously i think mm-hmm. because it is really well done um i was like they after that first 20 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever they flash forward 26 years 24 years yeah. so something like that mm-hmm. um and it was like really crazy that it, we were just in a completely different time and space and i kept i as i mentioned earlier i kept trying to connect those two pieces together uh, and then they give it to you, like, right towards the end. Yeah, they or don't they... quite say, like, oh, this has nothing to do with the, what yeah. you just saw. Right. It, you, they, you're they like, let oh, you know okay, that it's is... going to, like, they're like, okay, well, obviously this is connected. And you can totally be fine thinking just, like, okay, well, the same thing that's kill- that was killing them there is killing people here. And, like, yeah. that could be the only connection. I was thinking, at the beginning, I was thinking, like, oh, is this, like, an exorcist thing where it's, like, showing you the origin of this evil or something like right. that. Yeah, but it really I, does I definitely, make it pay off. I definitely was looking for the, all those connections and the, when they did finally do it, it was satisfying. I didn't, I totally didn't clock the uh, guy in the hospital as the guy from the flashback, like at all until they told me mm-hmm. pretty much. Oh yeah. I mean, um, definitely. He's like wicked old by then. So it's like, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think about it really, and then it makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, that's um, the vessel. Yeah, I, I think the cult stuff in the middle of the movie is maybe a little saggy, but there were some really cool scenes. Like, I was just talking about the scene where all the people do the ritual and then walk towards him. Uh, all that shit is really cool. They're making, like, it the fucking like, The One Reborn happen in the sky, which is pretty great. Yeah. And they were just far enough away where I'm like, are they naked? Are they wearing clothes? I can't really tell. <laughs> and I think they were wearing clothes, but I really wanted them to all be nude. And they mob the car uh, like they're locusts when he actually does yeah. get in. Oh, man, that's so yeah, good. And I, like they're thudding against this like, dark car. It does feel like... Um, we've we've said some of this movie feels like a video game. And I think some of this stuff with the, the cult feels like... Um, 
I just want to say it feels like control, but it feels like any kind of secret society deal oh, uh, where they're doing experiments on people. Yeah, we didn't mention um, that. Yeah, that middle cult part, like before he goes to the woods, definitely control vibes. That was because uh, it's like, uh, you know, the blank institute or whatever. And then it's like, well, I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, it's like um, a, it's like an like academic a, thing, but it's like built off of like a state building or whatever. You know, it's like it's yeah. like they don't have their own building. It's like a wing of another. It's a great building. setting. It's so yeah, good. It's like an abandoned yeah. factory. It's cool. Um, and then they go to sort of in this middle section. He goes to investigate at like basically Camp Crystal Lake, but for cultists. Um, and uh, I thought it was super funny that he goes into one of the cabins and he's you know rummaging through the files and all that stuff. He finds some interesting you know plot relevant details. Uh, and then he finds the videotape of all their experiments and puts it in. Um, I almost a laugh out loud moment for me when I realized that the things he's watching on the videotape happened right next to him. Like he glances yeah. over at the blood stain really on the wall good. from the guy as he's watching it on the tape. And I'm like, that is such that is such a video game trope. Because <laughs> then you like, have to use that put, to solve a puzzle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we put the audio log right here where it was recorded. Yeah. <laughs> Um, that was good. I, I enjoyed that. Um, they did. I think this must have tied into his backstory, but they do a little bit with that fucked up teddy bear and all that shit worked mm. for me. I would, like he just brings it with him at one point. Yeah. Yeah. That was strange. <laughs> I really liked that. Um, I think it might've been, I folded into one of the, like the very brief flashback sequences we get about his like back, his constructed backstory. Yeah. I think must've had a teddy bear or something, which is why he felt the connection to it. I don't really know. <laughs> Yeah, like his uh, his fake son that died in a fake car accident uh, is like was like affectionate towards it or something, but they yeah, don't really yeah, need don't you, don't, Jane... you don't need to give the story. You don't need to yeah. because yeah, one because yeah. it's fake, it's just, but two because you detail. can infer it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and you can if you were to watch the movie again, maybe you'd notice something else. Yeah. You know, which yeah, I think is, I might uh, do. The woman he uh, has honestly, affair with is is she real or not? She yeah. Um, I believe she. Uh, I think she's real. Yes, but I think I think yes as well. Well, they do. So toward, at the very end of the movie, when they're like kind of unraveling this whole thing, he calls her to say, "Hey, I found your daughter," and she doesn't recognize him at all. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. Which, and then when he goes back home or home where he believes to be home, there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I think his relationship with her is all in his head, mm-hmm. but she is a person that really exists, right? Ah, got That's it. kind got of it, what it. I got from mm-hmm. it. Using extra pieces um, from someone else. Like how those teenagers that died are real. Yeah. And they did actually die. But the fact, but, you know, the, the one he's looking for is like a ringleader in this crazy cult thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's It's cool to unpack all of this stuff because they are, for a movie like this with a big twist where, a lot of things aren't real. Yeah, uh, they in, do lay a lot of track for it. In a good it. way, invalidates <laughs> a lot that happened. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. you know, like, oh, that wasn't what actually happened. Like, uh, towards but, the end yeah, of the movie, had... there's this thing where, like, he's running away from the empty man, in quotes, and it's, like, uh, it's tense and dark and, like, loud. And But if you think about it with it, with the the whole movie in, like, in your head at, at the, all at the same time, that's not like a real physical space where he could like get out of the stairs into the light, you know, like, 
when you at yeah, the point where you're seeing him, like that's already it. Like it's it's game over at that point. They already got. Yeah, him. you're not yeah. gonna be able to escape. You're not gonna be able to press press L and R at the same time to like jump oh, out through a window. You can shake him loose. I can do it. <laughs> so you can't um, fast but no, yeah, I had fun with this. I think that the last act. No, I don't want to say saved it for me because I was still really enjoying the movie. I think the way how it reveals itself is is really good and the most interesting part of this movie i think yeah totally um i think the end is kind of cool but i i'm not i don't know how i feel about it because the the literal last moments of the movie are him having merged with the empty man become the receiver of the signals he blows the, the old, old guy's guy brains the out and then yeah, it's yeah. like Which, splatters across the back of the wall yeah. in this giant pattern because it's like it's uh, like his brain it, is the seed of a tree, and the yeah. tree grows out of his head with blood. It's so it good. Feels like, it feels like it's a direct one-to-one with the statue that he saw. Later. Like It feels like it could have tied into that, uh, the statue that that guy saw at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, and the big blood splatter on the wall in the cabin was also pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have some of that iconography a couple times. But then like he just is the... He's the Dark Souls Lord of Hollows. He just walks out and everyone bows to him, and that's the end of the movie. Um, I was kind of expecting him to, like, pry loose some agency there and, like, kill himself to foil their plans or something. No, but they he don't loses, really dude. go that he's, direction. He's gone. Yeah. Well, yeah he's he the empty man. Motive in the, you know. Yeah. He, he, yeah. I don't know. No... It's it's a little bit unsatisfying to dwell on it, but it is an interesting choice. I, I, I like it. I think that it's, like... It, it shows, like, in a way, that is the scariest part of the movie to me, is it's like, yeah, we yeah. set all this shit up from the beginning, but all the stuff that you think, like, all of your determination comes from this backstory that we made up, which is fake. Go ahead, call your fake uh, friend. And she's like, I'm sorry, who are you? And so, like, what motivation could this guy have except for spite to try and fight against this this thing now? Yeah, maybe it's just because I'm the spiteful individual, <laughs> I would have done it. Um <laughs> But no, yeah, it, it's it, it's interesting. I I like it, and I think it felt a little unsatisfying to me on reflex. But I like how it squares with some of the like themes of the movie. How like now this guy is um, he's just kind of a pawn for this otherworldly entity. But maybe he feels like he's understood something greater by merging with this. Maybe he's got mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> not like, even human anymore. If you, Who if knows? You have, yeah. If your brain is we like don't really receiving these signals, like that. why? Like, maybe your emotion isn't even, like, in still in the building at that point. Yeah, like, you've already laughed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't even have anything to care about. Like, you're just like, well, yeah, like, you're yeah. some kind of empty. It's, inter- um, it's cool. It's interesting to think about. So, uh, I really, like, I know I already said kind of my thoughts at the top. I loved this movie. Like, I was so surprised by how much I was, uh, by, like, every part of it. Because, like, I, I was going in mostly blind, except for, like, you know, the fucking poster or whatever. And I'm like, is this going to be like another movie that I had only seen this year, Candyman? Is it going to be kind of like an urban legend comes to life and kills people? And it's like, well, there's a bit of that. Which can can work, yeah. but it's a little played out now. Yeah, I think. and, yeah, and totally. especially in a time where, like, right now we are so disconnected from our history at any given point. Like, we can read it on Wikipedia or whatever. But in terms of people telling each other legends of things that happened around them, that doesn't happen in the way that it used to. 
because we are all so alienated and uh, disconnected because we be on our damn phones. But this movie used oh, it. Man. This movie uses that in a way that I find to be good. Like, oh, it's like a thing. It's like a thing from the internet. It's like, is it really? Or did you just make it up right now? Um, <laughs> yeah. No way to tell. Yeah. Time to answer your question. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I like that aspect of it. I loved our extremely pathetic protagonist and then finding out that he was designed to be exactly the right amount of pathetic to yep. accomplish certain goals. I really, I really liked, liked the cold I, open. I thought he was good. I think so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think that uh, I think that James Badgedale does a good job as this exact kind of guy. Badgedale. Um, and uh, I think that this movie's like, I, I at certain points I was like, Oh, this this movie's like score feels a little weird, like you know, in terms of the, it's it feels like it's they made the whole thing out of the trailer. But at, at other times, it's really good. <laughs> like it's like the the opening, for example, is like really good with musical stings. Like in terms of trying using like very light whistling or light humming to kind of in, indicate to you that something's off, and not going too crazy nutso bananas with it when the bad guy actually does show up, and like kind of letting you feel the horror yourself. And so yeah. I was just like, like, this shows to me, like, you know, without even like, because I don't think this movie is that artsy, you know, in the in a way that Hereditary or Lighthouse or or, or a Jordan Peele movie is uh, that people kind of have a like a certain expectation with movies like that, where it's like, it, I kind of even hate the term, but like elevated horror, where it's like has to have a certain kind of theme and mood to it. But like. There, uh, I'm sorry, I, it, since you mentioned it, I have to I'd talk about this. There was a recent John Carpenter interview where the interviewer asked him about what he thought of uh, elevated horror. Uh, and he's like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and then the interviewer <laughs> explains incredibly... it to him and he says, that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would agree with John Carpenter. I think that that label is silly because I think that this and Get Out are in the same genre. Yeah. You know, I don't think that one is in a different genre just because it like has you know different kinds of trappings with it the empty man to me is like it is a just solid all the way through horror movie and does all the stuff that i kind of want to see it does the silly stuff it does the creepy stuff it does the like having a premise with rules and supernatural things to kind of get under your skin a little bit it has all the stuff i need so that's why I liked it. And I'm really happy that you two watched it because I was worried that I was going to be the only person who was receiving these signals. Oh, man. Um, one now thing that we more. forgot to talk about that uh, was really fun in this movie to me uh, is the uh, the cult member that tricks him into going to the camp is like this weird, like, 50s guy. Yeah. He looks like a, he acts like a greaser. It's so interesting. Oh, I love that guy. Uh, yeah. He was, <laughs> he was really good. It's such a fascinating performance. What if it's like, uh, uh, this is what I have to be to con- to get this guy to listen to me? Like, what's what's the what's the play there? Uh, he's I have a fake-constructed man. I have to be <laughs> enough of a shit so that I'm trustworthy, but not so much that I get beat up. And it's like, oh, shit, I overdid mm. it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you can play off any... Um, tropes and like hackiness of this movie to be like oh well that's you know that's how they wrote it mm-hmm. like, <laughs> the, the cult wrote it that way yeah the greaser yeah. who gets roughed up to give away some info mm-hmm. <laughs> can't give it away for free otherwise you won't trust it yeah yeah i really yeah, like that he just goes around being the shit out of people too <laughs> a plus. 
Again, very but video. Yeah, we gaming. had fun with those. Uh, let us enjoy some ratings of this film. Let us. Now, in terms of pumpkins, this movie has a lot of what I need in terms of Halloween theming, but it doesn't really doesn't really stick the landing there. I think about a lot about Halloween when it does does these suburban horror stuff when it is going from door to door in the mm. suburbs like going to like a you know a one story house and like something creepy's at the door or maybe it isn't. But at the same time, I'm not getting any seasonal vibes from this. So I'm going to give it about I'm going to give it one pumpkin. This is five pumpkins for me uh because uh they've the Images of the empty man that they often use look exactly like a spirit Halloween That's skeleton. That's true. I, I cannot deny that. <laughs> yeah, he's both a skeleton and in a black ripped cloak in this movie. So. I immediately was like, was like, "That's the ghost of Christmas Future." Why is he? He in leans this movie? over and it makes a fake thunder crash noise. And when trick or treaters get too close, <laughs> and he goes, <laughs> "When you ask whose grave this is, he says, Why it's yours.'" <laughs> he points. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I'd say I'd say about 30, 30 pumpkins or whatever. What are we doing? Pumpkins? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Pumpkins. Because when I think of a like October, or maybe it's more of a like a summer release horror movie to get kids who have free time to go to a movie. I think of a movie titled The Empty Man. Mm-hmm. But then it's completely different. Than but that. also, I I feel like this hits all the like this hits a lot of different horror movie tropes where it can feel like it definitely feels. Uh, familiar and comfy in a scary movie way yes. where it's like we've got the camp we've got the cult we've got the lost in the uh snow you got the investigation got of the old hospital. legend you have to go to the library to, to like look at the yep. microfiche to figure out what's going on hospital yeah damn so many um so what's next and screams and this movie Ooh. had two things that I thought were scary. Uh, one in a sort of real way, and the other in more of like an existential thinking about it afterwards kind of way. <laughs> uh, the first one was the idea of like, okay, you're alone in a dark house and there's some creaking noises and you're not sure what's going on. And it's like, maybe something's there and maybe it's not. But, you know, you're going to be kind of like looking around at every shadow and, and like kind of side eyeing every like lamp that you have that isn't turned on and things like that. Like when it's when it's him in the house and it's raining and he's kind of dealing with seeing the empty man. I actually did think that, that was pretty scary and well done. Oh, and he like lays his head down to look under the door. Yeah, yeah, I love that stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the steps outside the door is mm-hmm. very good. And the, like you know to end that to resolve that with nothing, right? To be like. Yeah, yeah, we're not we're not giving it to you yet. Like, there's not a, yeah, there's not a jump scare, jump scare. He's just uh, you see him. Yeah, you just kind of have that just <laughs> tension still in you about it, yeah. and I, I I think that that's very uh, satisfying. So that was kind of like an in the moment scary thing, and then the kind of after the fact scariness of like seeing like just this guy's hollow eyes, like the guy from the beginning, just like just like to be made catatonic by this thing and you only exist to, you know, transmit these signals. It, it, it does give me kind of a, an HP Lovecraft fainting spell of like, Oh yeah. God, I don't want to think about that. That fucking sucks. So human, human larder yeah. kept alive. Uh, yeah. yeah. You, <laughs> kept alive for someone else's goals. You're not allowed situation. to die. You just got it. <laughs> you rough. just got to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. So this is two screams for me. Mm, I think, I think this is a three screamer mm-hmm. for me, and for a lot of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. I think 
I'll go one scream for the waking up and someone is directly above you. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's good. Thing. But it also, like you were saying, the existential dread of, in my opinion, I think it's that a bunch of people in uh, Nowheresville could be doing a cult that turns out to be real and ending the entire world without any of us knowing it. Anymore. Yeah, that's. A, I do think that that is also like, a, oh, shit. Like we can see global warming coming and we're not really doing all that much about it. It was yeah. like some guy's calling the devil to the, the earth. Mm, we just didn't know he was doing it the whole time. <laughs> he left a lot of documentation, too. He seemed so nice. He left a videotape right where he filmed yeah. it. So <laughs> it's kind of our fault. small town uh, <laughs> alcoholics are discovering this and then getting killed. Damn, I should have trusted it. that guy all along. Oh. So uh, in terms of blood, this movie Ooh. uses blood sparingly but effectively. They do the mm. whole bloody message writing thing. And they do. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the scene where the at the beginning where uh, the girl gets her throat cut and then falls off the uh, falls off the cliff. Oh, I yeah. liked a lot. But the 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 kind of like fountain of blood at the end with that headshot is going to stick with me for mm. a long time. So I'm going to say hmm, they were in a, they were in a hospital at the end. So I'm going to say this is <laughs> about 400 cc's of blood. Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I'm going to give this uh, one, uh, the empty man made me do its worth of blood uh, yeah. on the, wi- on the uh, mirror. We talk about that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, just hacky enough to not be real. Uh, the I'll give it a one, one uh, abandoned bottle on a bridge worth of blood to blow into and make it. It's probably like 12 ounces, right? All right. Yeah. Well, you'd, you'd have to drink it before you could blow it. Drink the blood yeah, first, then blow, blow in the bottle. They it's an extra step, step they don't tell you about. You drink the blood, you blow <laughs> in the bottle, you walk backwards on the bridge, you say the name. You stop yeah, on it's... your right foot, don't forget it. <laughs> yeah. And then you, then, and drink then you the blood. do this, and this. <laughs> then I do this. All right. <laughs> All right. And then bats. Yeah, so this is absolutely an 11 bat movie for me i had a wonderful time with it i was very happy to share it with you uh and uh yeah this is this was excellent yeah i think this is six and a half Ooh, good rating but we're doing top half on the half i like half. that <laughs> yeah i'll go with solid uh 13 bat um interesting mm. seemingly original fun romp a lot of a lot of stuff coming together at the end Good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm happy that both of you were able to uh, join me for this because uh, mm-hmm. one of the nice things about the Terrasodes is I don't know if this would have supported an entire episode. Probably not. No, uh, I don't know. I didn't have, yeah, I didn't have that much to talk that's about. The good thing about this podcast is, yeah, like, oh, absolutely. Well, um, hey, I thought this was good. Check it out. And I said no twice, and now we're doing it. <laughs> so now, now we did it, <laughs> and it turns out it was worth my time. So it was, yeah, uh, yep. You know, so you uh, take that chance. Trust your absolutely. friends. Absolutely. So we will see you next time, listeners, for another terror episode. I assume we'll record another one before Halloween, but we shall see, as Snoke likes to say. (laughs) That's right. So in the meantime, listeners, don't walk backwards over a bridge while blowing into a bottle, or the empty man will come and get you. There might be some other steps I missed, so don't do what I didn't say either. Don't ever become created by a cult. Don't do that. it'll end in the world. Absolutely. Please do not be created, be created. 25 years ago <laughs> yeah. by a cult 
or now. Don't do it either time. We, we don't yeah. want that happening. If you can avoid it, listeners, personal responsibility comes in here. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right. <laughs>